Good morning. morning. Happy New Year, almost. Happy last day of 2023. Um, As Michelle said, my name's Tashana, and I work here at Grace in the Worship Arts Department. Um, On any given weekend or week, you might find me back in the AVL booth. You might find me up here singing or playing an instrument. Um, What you don't see is me creating like designs for the stage or finding obscure maps for John's Pastor John's sermons, um, or some other creative endeavor. Um, A little bit about me is I have been married to my husband, Dan, for almost 15 years. And I I always say we kind of exist in two different places at Grace. Um, A lot of people don't realize we're married because he volunteers back in kids ministry. He works with Matt Comar with the youth group. um, And I don't. So... (laughs) Um, we also, I'm a little biased, but we have the two cutest dogs in the world, (laughs) uh, Darcy and Georgie. And if you're into literature, they are named after two characters from Pride and Prejudice. Um, I love music. I love singing. I love seeing theater. Uh, I love traveling, particularly to the UK. Um, and in the past few years, I also have gotten into songwriting for fun. So, but really anything creative. I love everything creative. And if there's one passion that God instilled in me from as far back as I can remember, it's the arts. Um, That's me, my little brother. Uh, I was probably like four years old at the time. Uh, I was born a pastor's kid in Indiana and grew up in Pennsylvania. Um, And I I literally grew up in church. My parents had me in church within the first seven days of my life. Um, I sang in church for the first time at two years old. Um, And also my mom is a singer songwriter, so I spent a lot of time listening to music with her and hearing her write songs and traveling around um, and singing with her when she, she went and did concerts at different churches and, and places. Um, that love for the arts continued uh, through school. I went to college for film and then grad school for theater, and I spent nine years teaching and directing theater at a high school. So those are some of my kids. Um, If you knew me when I was a teenager or even a few years ago, you'd know that I regularly said I would never work in a church. Like I said, I grew up in the church and I'd seen my fair share of problems within the church and I really didn't want to be a part of that by working in one. Um, I also adamantly said that I would never speak like this Um, and here I am. So we'll get back to how that happened later. Um, But before I continue, the last thing I want to acknowledge is that this is the final sermon of 2023. And I know a lot of us are used to inspiring words of wisdom, specifically questions asking, what can we start doing in the new year? Um, What do I need to start doing in 2024? And honestly, I get really overwhelmed by those questions. We start a lot of new routines and diets and habits and hobbies, and we tend to fail by the end of January. Um, So what I want to propose this morning is a different question. I wanna ask us, what do I need to stop doing in 2024? And it's not a trick question. It's not me asking you to give up carbs or video games or TikTok or insert whatever thing you love here. Um, But genuinely, I'm asking the question, what do I need to stop doing in 2024? And I know I said I was a teacher. I don't expect you to have an answer right now. I don't expect you to raise your hands and give me an answer. But hopefully by the end of this message, that'll be a little clearer, that answer for you. Um, So this morning, I want to focus on a scripture from the book of Mark. 
And it's a story about a rich young man, sometimes called a rich young ruler. Um, It's about a young man who really wants to impress Jesus. And I imagine he was the student that all the other students hated. (laughs) He's the student who sat in the front row, asked the teacher questions just to prove that he knew the answer. What I also hate to admit is I was that student growing up. (laughs) I was very similar to this man that we're going to read about. I was smart and I knew it. And in fact, when I was in the third grade, this is just an example of what I was like as a kid, my teacher allowed a few students to choose our own spelling words. um, And I would study the dictionary trying to find the hardest word. I loved a challenge. I loved impressing my teacher. I loved beating my classmates. Um, and so I would, I would look for the longest words and I would find those and I would ace the tests. Um, my mom actually remembers me sitting on the ground like with the dictionary open, open saying, they'll never get this one about my classmates. Um, and this young man wants to impress Jesus in the same way that I wanted to impress my teachers. So let's start. We're gonna read in Mark 10, verse 17. Um, it says, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and he fell on his knees before him Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And honestly, he's a little dramatic. Like I said, I was a theater teacher. This is very dramatic, right? I don't think that any of us are chasing our lead pastor, John, out to the the parking garage as he's trying to leave and falling on our knees asking him a question, right? Um, And I'm sure this wasn't the first time that this young man had done this. I can imagine that he'd approached many religious leaders asking the exact same question, And then them praising him for asking such a thoughtful question and being impressed by his knowledge. And in this instance, he was expecting the same scenario. Um, But Jesus, in his mind, was the same as every other religious leader. In reality, he wasn't interested in knowing who Jesus was. He was interested in making sure that Jesus knew who he was. Um, And for me, that was the same story in my church life. I assume because I was a pastor's kid, that I already knew all the answers. I knew exactly how to answer questions about Jesus and I assumed that I knew who he was. But I was very similar to this young man. I knew all about Jesus, but I didn't actually know Jesus. I was more interested in him being impressed with me. So let's keep reading, see what happens. Jesus answered, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. I just wanna stop right there. Jesus clearly knows that this young man has no idea who he is. He, does, he has no idea that he's the son of God, that he's the Messiah that they've been waiting for. He knows that this man is up to something and he calls him out on it. He like roasts him pretty hard in this moment. Uh, and Jesus continues. He says, you know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. I can imagine that young man just kind of like checking off the boxes. He's like, yeah, I didn't murder. I didn't steal. I didn't defraud. Um, I got this. And his response is evident of that. He says, teacher, all these I have kept since I was a boy. The young man ignores Jesus's initial response. And he kind of continues on with that plan to make sure Jesus knows who he is and how good he's been. And again, I relate to this young man. I am a combination of a pastor's kid, literally born on the pew, well, not literally, but (laughs) taken to church really young, and I'm also an oldest child. Do we have any oldest children in the room, oldest siblings? Yeah, we are role followers. We just are. Um, 
most of us are. That tends to be the experience, right? We want to, we want our parents' approval. We want to make sure that we follow every rule that there is. And that's definitely me. In fact, I am such a rule follower that a few weeks ago, my husband and I were in a bookstore. We're, like, we're on our way out, and I realized that I had opened the door marked entrance. And like, I immediately yelled, sorry. I don't know who I was apologizing to. <laughs> I let go, and I backed up, and I had to put myself in reverse like halfway out the door in order to go out the properly marked door. My husband's just laughing at me the whole time. I mean, growing up, that translated into a bit of fear of Jesus. I needed to do all the right things because I needed to impress him. As a kid, I could confidently say that I was keeping the commandments. I hadn't murdered anybody. I didn't steal. I obeyed my parents. And I also somehow convoluted all of that with Um, having the right answers in Sunday school and youth group and getting good grades and being a star student. And that continued throughout my life. I did things for Jesus so that others would know how good I was. And I was proud of the fact that I, I did Christian things. I went to a Christian college. As an adult, a lot of times I felt like I went to church out of guilt. Um, because I wanted to appear to be doing the right thing. I was a pastor's kid. I needed to follow the rules. I'm going to do the right thing. Um, but it was all just checking off one commandment at a time, the same way that this, this young man is doing. Um, there were points in my life where if I was going through something difficult, I went to Jesus to fix it um, because I knew he could. Uh, but it was also a rule, like Jesus will make things better, right? I didn't want to get to know him better, but I wanted him to make things better for me. Um, and in the same way that the young man in this story wanted to show off for Jesus, I did a lot for him because I thought I had to, and I thought it would impress him. Uh, there were rules that needed to be followed so that I could continue proving how good I was, just like this young man. Let's keep reading. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. <coughs> at, this, at this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Um, By Jesus' response here, we learn that the young man had not actually kept all the commandments. That's the first thing we learn in this response. He had obeyed a few rules, um, but he had missed two really important ones. Um, In Mark 12, verses 30 and 31, we learn that Jesus says there's two greatest commandments. And what they say are, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. His wealth and his possessions that I'm sure he'd earned as a result of his intelligence and his position in life were preventing him from loving God with all of his heart and all of his mind and all of his soul and all of his strength. And they were also preventing him from loving his neighbor as himself. Jesus knew this. He knew he was holding tightly to those and he wasn't willing to let go. Sorry. (laughs) Um, His response causes the young man to leave disheartened. And this conversation didn't go as he had planned. Um, It's not the scenario that he had in mind when he went up to Jesus. And he walks home with a heavy heart. But there's a second thing in this verse that really, thank you. I'm like, um, sorry, let me take a drink real quick. There's a second thing in this verse that really sticks out to me, right? That's the saddest part of this verse. Um, saddest, but also it's, it's a good thing. Um, but it's what the young man misses. It's not anything that Jesus says. 
Um, but it's what he does. It says that, um, if we go on to verse 20, it says Jesus looked at him and loved him. Um, before he said anything, Jesus already loved him, right? Jesus didn't love him because he kept the commandments or because he sucked up to him. Um, even in his refusal to sell his possessions, Jesus still loved him. And that's honestly what I missed in the first 30 years of my life. Um, and what the young man missed in this, in this story. He thought he needed Jesus' approval. Um, and I didn't need to tell him who I was or show off for him. Um, throughout my life, he already knew who I was and he already loved me. Um, just a few years ago, I picked up a book called The Ragamuffin Gospel by Brendan Manning. Um, this was in the midst of already being very involved in a local church. Um, I was already volunteering on the worship team. I was already leading a small group. Um, I was doing whatever I could to get to know more about Jesus, but I didn't realize that I had still been doing things to earn Jesus's love. I was showing off for him and looking for his attention. Um, but as I was reading this book, um, it starts with an introduction that includes the, the first few lines that I want to read to you. Um, it says the gospel or the good news of Jesus is not for the super spiritual. It is not for the red hot zealots who boast with the rich young ruler of the gospels. All these commandments I have kept from my youth. It is not for the complacent, hoisting over their shoulder a tote bag of honors, diplomas, and good works, actually believing they have it made. The gospel is for the bedraggled, beat up, and burnt out. It's for the wobbly and the weak need who know they don't have it all together, and they're too proud to accept the handout of amazing grace. For the first time in all of my time on the planet, I had got it. I had memorized scripture reminding me of the same thing. Um, and for some reason, it was in this moment that I recognized myself in this rich young ruler. Um, I recognized that I knew about Jesus. I knew who he was, but I didn't actually know him. Um, it was the following phrase that stopped me in my tracks and honestly probably started me to, to make a little bit of a scene, like cry in a coffee shop. I was by myself. But it says, the deepest awareness of myself is that I am deeply loved by Jesus Christ and I have done nothing to earn it or deserve it. Um, it was in that moment that Jesus really did speak to me and I realized that I didn't need to continue chasing after his love. I didn't need to be perfect. He already loved me. He had, he had looked at me from the moment I was born and he loved me and that's what mattered. And honestly, that changed a lot for me. Uh, from the outside, I'm, sure any, I'm not sure anybody could have no, noticed a difference. Um, I still continued doing a lot of the same things, uh, going to church, leading worship, leading a small group, um, but I was no longer doing it because I thought I had to. Um, it wasn't something that like, I was just following the rules because those were the rules. It's because I wanted to. I wanted to know more about him. Um, and honestly, that kind of answers the question about why I'm here. Uh, it's how I ended up here. Like I said at the beginning, I didn't want to work at a church, um, but when the opportunity to do so arose, I said yes, not out of obligation or guilt because I thought I had to or it would look good, but because I knew Jesus loved me and I knew that he had something better than I could imagine in store for me. Um, and like I said at the beginning with arts and creativity, uh, throughout my life, songs have been ways to help me um, remember scripture or truths about God that provide comfort or reminders of his goodness. 
And I think those songs have been God's gift to me over the years, even when I didn't completely understand how much he loved me. Um, I sang those songs out of comfort, um, when I needed comfort or I needed guidance. And during the time when I was reading Ragamuffin Gospel, I had a melody pop in my head that I couldn't shake. It wasn't a song that was already written. It was just a melody that was like going through my head. I would listen to or hear it in my head and like hum it on my way to school um, when I was teaching. Um, And in the midst, uh, sorry, in the midst of reading about God's grace for me and the way he loves me unconditionally, I added lyrics to that melody. Um, Each line beginning with the phrase, tune my heart. I had always loved the hymn, Come Thou Fount. Um, And one of the lines says, tune my heart to sing thy grace. And I I feel like I finally got it in that moment, what it meant to tune my heart to sing God's grace, to um, let him change me, change me from the inside out. And in light of finally accepting that Jesus loves me just as I am, I wanted to write a song to remind me to be continually tuning my heart to his grace, to tune my heart to his goodness and his mercy and his love. And if what I was doing wasn't a product of being in tune with God's grace, why do it? Um, So I'd love to share a little bit of that song with you. I'm going to drink a little bit more water. Uh, Joe is going to come help me out. He's going to play the piano. Um, What I'm going to do is teach you the chorus. So we'll put the lyrics up on the screen. We'll go through the chorus. I'm going to sing a verse of it. Um, And when you have it, if you just join in with me, I'd love that. Um, And hopefully it'll be something that'll help you maybe stick in your mind and help you to remember to tune your heart to God's grace. Take a sip of water.
guys. You guys sound great. <laughs> um, it's a matter of, so that's what it is. It's a matter of tuning your heart to God's grace. Once you understand God's love for you and remind yourself that everything we do is in light of that love, um, that's it. That we, we don't just follow commandments. We don't just follow rules because we have to, but because God loves us and we want to experience that love. We want to love him back and we want to um, learn more about him and follow, follow him. And that's what the young man in this story missed. Um, he was keeping the commandments because he had to. Uh, he could brag about keeping those commandments, but the minute he thought he failed, he was disheartened and he walked away. Um, if he had understood that Jesus looked at him and he loved him first, he would have realized that keeping those commandments was pointless if his heart wasn't in tune with God's grace. So that brings me back to the question that I asked all the way at the beginning of this message. What do I need to stop doing in 2024? Um, one practical example of that for me uh, was reading the Bible. And that <laughs> sounds funny, right? I'm not telling you to stop reading the Bible. Uh, for years, I had read the Bible out of guilt. I did the Bible app plan of reading it in a, a year. And I honestly don't remember much of anything I read that year. It was another box to check off. And I feared if I didn't read it, at the same time, consistently, that God was going to be angry with me. Um, and by setting those, kind of, those kinds of strict expectations for myself, I failed time and time again. Um, I felt terrible every time I failed at it, which made me just give up, all the while fearing the consequences, and just this vicious cycle of feeling like I hadn't done enough to earn God's love. Uh, but that, that changed once I understood God's love. Honestly, I stopped reading the Bible on a strict schedule. I haven't done the Bible in a year plan again because um, I knew it would just become a checklist item for me. Um, and when I read the Bible now, it's because I want to get to know more about God. And that's not to say that that's not the right thing for you. It might be the right thing for you to set a schedule and read the Bible every week. But for me, that wasn't, that wasn't making me read it to, to learn more about God. It was just making me read it as something to do. Um, it becomes something, it had to become something that I wanted to do. Otherwise, I would just keep looking at the words, taking them in, and not really holding on to anything. And God doesn't want us to beat ourselves up about not reading it on a strict schedule. Um, he doesn't want us to beat ourselves up about anything. Um, in terms of praying to him, like we don't have to set a certain time every day. We, can, we, want, we do that, we talk to him because we want to talk to him. We do things, we serve and we volunteer because we want to talk to him. We want to serve him. We want to love others. Um, he does want me to spend time in his word, but out of love for him and in light of how much he loves me. So the band's gonna come out. And what I want you to think about right now is what is that practical thing for you? What in this next year can you stop doing to earn Jesus's love? Because honestly, you already have it. As we learned in this story, as I, I really realized for the first time when reading Ragamuffin Gospel, we already have it. Um, if there's anything that you leave here today with, what I want you to remember is that, that line that's in the, the story about the rich young ruler, um, that Jesus sees you and he loves you. No matter where you are right now, no matter if you're struggling with something or you have questions about who he is, or you know, you're at a high point in life, whatever that is, Jesus sees you in that and he loves you. 
So take that in for a second. He sees you and he loves you. He's not asking you to jump hurdles to earn that love. That's what's so amazing about Jesus. He wants you to know that he sees you and he loves you first. And after that, everything we do, every commandment we keep, loving God, loving our neighbor, we do that in light of his love by tuning our hearts to his grace. We follow God's ways because he loves us. And we will fail. We're not perfect, right? And that's okay. But I wanna, what I want us to remember as we step into 2024, as we think about what we can stop doing, is just remember that we are deeply loved by Jesus despite doing nothing to earn it or deserve it. He sees us and he loves us. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for the reminder this morning of how much you love us. Thank you for seeing us. Thank you for loving us the way that you do. And I pray as we step into this new year that we stop trying to earn your love, God. You don't, again, you don't ask us to jump hurdles. You're not, you didn't put obstacles in our, our path to earn your love, God. You don't ask us to keep rules just for the sake of keeping rules. Um, you genuinely want what's best with that, for us, God. Jesus, help us to remember to put you first in all we do. Tune our hearts to your grace, to your love, to your kindness, to your goodness as we leave 2023 and walk into 2024. We love you so much. We pray these things.